Hi, I'm Matt Pacelli with the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to our Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. This week, we have more audio from this fall's Virginia Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremony. As I mentioned last week, this year's ceremony was the combination of the classes of 2020 and 2021 being inducted together. 2020 class members on hand were Candy Kessler-Comer, Wayne Jackson, and David Partridge. And from the class of 2021, David King was present, while inductees Wenzel Spencer, Richard Smith, and Moss Beecroft were inducted posthumously. This week, we're sharing David Partridge's induction speech, and you may know David's name from our Virginia Golfer magazine, where he's the author of the reoccurring Great Holes feature, or as five-time VSGA Player of the Year winner, or, as you'll hear from Dottie Pepper, David is the player with the third most VSGA wins behind only Keith Decker and Vinnie Giles. In his speech, David shares a special story about his time growing up as a junior at Waynesboro Country Club, which coincidentally is now rebranded to Orchard Creek Golf Course, and the coincidence comes that it is also inductee Candy Kessler Comer's home club. Last thing before we get to David's speech, though, is a big shout out to our friends at Horgan Construction, Lansing Building Products, Markel, Marsh McLennan Agency, TSW, and Virginia Green for their sponsorship and support of the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame. Okay, enjoy learning more about Virginia Golf Hall of Fame inductee, David Partridge. On to David Partridge. Only two players have won more VSGA championships than David Partridge, Vinnie Giles, and Keith Decker. Now he joins those two as members of the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame. A 14-time VSGA champion, Partridge won nearly, at nearly every level. He won two VSGA amateur titles, three mid-amateurs, three four balls, two senior amateurs, the senior open, I've lost track already, the mid-senior amateur, and most recently, the super senior stroke play. David, when did you find time to work? <laughs> Shown here with a young Lawrence, Mark, Mark, sorry, Mark, Mark Lawrence Jr., another two-time VSGA amateur champion. Partridge is one of only two players to win the amateur, mid-amateur, and senior amateur. Keith Decker is the other. Partridge is also one of only a handful of golfers to win the Mid-Atlantic Amateur and Middle-Atlantic Senior Amateur titles. You didn't work, I know you didn't. <laughs> Partridge was a member of the 1995 Virginia squad that won the inaugural USGA State Team Championship. He was joined by Virginia Golf Hall of Famers Keith Decker, you again, and Tom McKnight. And otherwise known as the human rain delay, David incurred, oh, you laid that on yourself. <laughs> David incurred only a four-shot penalty this morning for slow play for his rate of signing these programs. <laughs> the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame is proud to induct David Partridge as a member of its class of 2020 in recognition of many years of excellence and outstanding contributions to the game of golf in Virginia and beyond presented on this 29th day of September, 2021. Good evening and thank you all for being here. Your attendance makes this celebration even more special. And on behalf of all the inductees, 
we appreciate you honoring us with your presence. It is at the same time both deeply humbling and extremely gratifying to be inducted into the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame. And I would like to extend my heartiest congratulations to all my fellow honorees, both past and present. When Gib called notifying me of this year's inductees, a flood of memories went rushing through my brain. And I admit for a few minutes there, I really couldn't quite think straight. It kind of reminded me when we were kids and we would run to 7-Eleven on a really hot day for a Slurpee. Invariably, and despite repeatedly telling myself not to, I would always drink mine so fast that I would get brain freeze. And just nothing quite worked right there for several beats. Well, it was kind of like that way when, when Gib called me. In fact, it was eerily similar when Gib called me. And when I finally did regain consciousness, while there were a few sweat, sweet recollections of success from over the years that flashed through my mind, there were two thoughts that, keep running, that keep re kept returning to my brain. One was the many special friendships that have been forged through the game of golf and that have become such an important part of my life. And the second was the day that I discovered, quite by accident, that I really wanted to be a golfer. Golf has blessed me with many cherished friendships over the years. My childhood mentor, Pi Griggs, who taught me through, the, through quiet example not only how to play the game, but also how to conduct myself on the golf course. While Pi is no longer with us, and oh, we wish he could be here tonight. His positive example and enduring influence will remain with me forever. My long close friendship and golfing partnership with Keith Decker. While all of you know what a phenomenal golfer Keith is, I can assure you he is an even finer gentleman who is also one of the most generous people you will ever know. Keith, thank you for being not only a wonderful partner, but also a loyal friend through the years. Tom McKnight with whom Keith and I were privileged to play on the Virginia team in the inaugural USGA State Team Championship, is so humble, so authentic, and so genuinely likable. All of you who attended the 2019 induction ceremony will no doubt remember Tom's wonderful acceptance speech that testified so eloquently to the caliber of his character. Tom was the rock of our Virginia team. Keith and I knew that Tom was gonna play well, and that comfort allowed us to just relax and go out and play. And with Tom as our anchor, we were able to bring the trophy home. Tom, I wish you could be here tonight and I hope you're recovering from your recent injury, but thank you for being our security blanket for Keith and me that week, and moreover for the dignity that you've always demonstrated throughout your remarkable life and golfing career. There's nothing left to be said about Vinnie Giles and his brilliant accomplishments both on and off the golf course that hasn't already been said. But Vinny is much more than just a gifted golfer. He is also a role model and an inspiration in our generations of Virginia golfers who strive to follow in his giant footsteps. So I will simply say this about my friend. If I was given the responsibility to assemble an all-star team of classy, dignified, and honorable people, there is no doubt that when I walk to the home plate to turn in my lineup card to the, to the umpire, Vinny Giles would be my cleanup hitter. While these treasured friendships and so many others were largely on my mind as Gib was talking to me, there was another memory from my childhood that kept circling back through my brain again and again. So much so that I think that this story, while it's never been told in public before, I think the good Lord was telling me that the time has come to share this event from long ago. I hope you will enjoy it. Well, as most of you know, brevity is not my forte. I will be as succinct as possible while hopefully doing justice to this experience that helped shape my life. 
When I was nine years old, I had the great fortune to be hired as a cart boy to work on the weekends during the summer at my home golf course, Waynesville Country Club, which as Candy has mentioned to you, is now re renamed Orchard Creek Golf Club. After working there for four years and rather miraculously somehow managing to stay out of trouble, well, at least serious trouble, I asked the golf professional if I might be permitted to play in the men's club championship, even though juniors generally didn't play in the event. I had no illusions about what I might do in the tournament. I just wanted the opportunity to play and compete. To my pleasant surprise, and despite being only 13, the golf professional said, sure, you can play. And after shooting two rounds in the 80s, I was slotted into the fourth flight. While I gained the permission of a golf professional to participate, I'd made the very serious mistake of not asking my parents if I could play. <laughs> when they discovered that I was signed up to play in the club championship, there were several very serious conversations around our dinner table, as my mother and father weren't quite sure whether their young son was old enough, let alone mature enough, to participate in such an event and moreover to play against adults. There were several times during those dinner discussions when I was sure that I was going to be forced to withdraw before the first match, but ultimately my parents agreed that I could play. Well, I managed to win my first two matches, and in the third round, the semifinals, I was scheduled to play Mr. Ben Cooper. My parents' anxiety about me playing in the tournament went from trepidation to absolute utter horror. For you see, Mr. Cooper and his charming wife Elizabeth were not only very close friends of my parents, but Mr. Cooper was one of the elder statesmen of our club, having served several times as the club president. He and my father also worked together for many years at the General Electric Company, and if those reasons weren't already enough to totally alarm my parents, Mr. Cooper had just been elected the mayor of Waynesboro. <laughs> so now you have this picture of this mayor of Waynesboro playing against this 13-year-old little kid. Well, as you might expect, several even more serious dinner deliberations ensued, and this time, I was pretty darn sure that my parents were gonna require me to forfeit the match. Astonishingly, however, my parents eventually acquiesced, but with a steadfast admonition that if I was not on my best behavior, I was gonna be grounded until I was 18 or went away to college, whichever came first. The match was set for the following Saturday. On the day of the match, I was very nervous not because of the golf or the outcome of the match, but because I was going to be under a microscope. Furthermore, Mr. Cooper, while he always seemed pleasant enough when he came into the pro shop, was rather quiet and just a little hard to read. Also, since it was going to be just the two of us, and Mr. Cooper was in his mid-50s, I had no idea what we were gonna talk about, if we were even gonna talk at all. Mr. Cooper also looked a little bit like the actor Edward Asner in his later years, which only added to my intimidation. So yes, I admit, I was extremely nervous before the match. As we walked down the first ferry, however, a magical thing happened, as it often does on the golf course. Mr. Cooper and I, despite our age difference, just bonded. We talked easily about all kinds of things, perhaps due to Mr. Cooper's savvy political skills, but whatever the reason, we just clicked. We chatted easily, congratulated each other on good shots, putts made and holes won. We also commiserated with each other on putts that lipped out and the occasional bad bounce. Back when I was young, I could really roll my rock and after nine holes, I had exactly 10 putts and Mr. Cooper was six down. But despite the lopsided state of the match, Mr. Cooper never once lost his patience or grew angry, but instead seemed to revel 
and my good play. The members of Waynesboro have nicknamed the 10th hole at their club the Matterhorn because the second shot is a very long, extremely steep uphill climb. After Mr. Cooper played his second shot on the 10th hole, I instinctively grabbed the handle of his pull cart and proceeded to pull his bag up the hill. At first, Mr. Cooper seemed rather surprised by my action, but he quickly recovered and accepted the gesture. As we made our way up the long hill, Mr. Keep, Mr. Cooper told me a story of when he was a young boy. While I'm afraid the details of his tale are lost to the ages and to my faulty memory, what I will never forget was that as we neared the crest of the hill, Mr. Cooper and I were both laughing so hard that between the long climb and his funny story, we both had to stop for a minute or two just to catch our breath. I closed Mr. Cooper out on the 12th green. He was very gracious in defeat and we shared a warm handshake. The 12th green is the most distant point from the clubhouse at Waynesboro and so it was just kind of assumed that we would play at least a few more holes as we made our way back to the club. When we finished the 15th hole, it was by now the very late afternoon, so we could easily just walk over to the 18th fairway, oh, perhaps maybe 150 yards or so, and simply just walk up the last hole if we wished. After we hold out on number 15, Mr. Cooper, the elder statesman of the club and the mayor of our city, asked me, the 13-year-old kid who was still so wet behind the ears, what I wanted to do. Somehow I managed to say, you know, Mr. Cooper, I'm having so much fun playing with you that if you don't mind, I would like to finish out our round together. Mr. Cooper didn't say anything, but instead just gave a short, quick nod. But as he did so, a thin smile crossed his face. The 16th is another serious hill at Waynesboro, and after hitting our tee shots, I again took Mr. Cooper's bag, and this time as we made our way up the long climb, he told me a series of jokes each one funnier than the last. As we reached the top of the hill, we were both laughing uncontrollably, and, and indeed we played those last three holes like young kids because, well, I was one, and as you know by now, Mr. Cooper was still so very young at heart. As we walked together up the last rise to the 18th green, Mr. Cooper put his arm around me and told me how much he had enjoyed our match, how much fun he'd had playing with me, and that I was gonna be a good golfer one day. At that moment, I knew two things for certain in my life. My friendship with Mr. Cooper would last forever, and that I was gonna dedicate myself in every fiber of my being to being the very best golfer I could possibly be. I wasn't blessed with a great deal of God-given talent. In fact, I've often described myself as a lunchbox golfer. Lunchboxes have absolutely no elegance, and if you've ever watched me play, you know that's a very fitting description of both me and my golf game. My shirt tail is often hanging out. I'm slashing at the ball from all angles, and I often grunt like Monica Sellis when, when, when I'm trying to get my drive just a little harder than usual. Trust me, it, it is not very pretty. Lunchboxes are also purely functional, with no added features or side benefits, another apt description of my golf game. But lunchboxes also represent hard work, and I've always loved practicing and working on my golf game trying to figure out my swing, striving to improve and to reach that next level in the hopes that one day, hopefully not too far into the future, I might fulfill Mr. Cooper's prediction of so long ago that one day I might become a good golfer. Many years following our match in the year 2000, I received a phone call from Mrs. Cooper 
informing me that Mr. Cooper had passed away. After extending my truly heartfelt condolences and learning the details of his service that I could attend, I thought back to our match as I had done many other times since that day. However, on that occasion, perhaps blessed with a little more maturity, I considered the day's events more carefully from Mr. Cooper's perspective. While it was true Mr. Cooper had lost the match that day, he still enjoyed a pretty good day, all things considered. He, he was able to do the thing he loved most in all the world to do, play golf. He played his home course, which was in superb condition on a gloriously beautiful late summer day. Mr. Cooper had enjoyed a fun match with spirited yet friendly competition. He'd relived and shared pleasant memories from his childhood. He had told funny jokes. He made a new friend. And he helped transform that friend's life forever. Not bad for one afternoon, but then again, this is golf. And I don't have to tell you how our sport has the ability to enrich our lives and fulfill us in ways that few other endeavors can. That is why you love golf and indeed why you are here tonight. And so on behalf of all the inductees, we thank you for honoring us with your presence, for all you do to support and nurture the game we love so much. Thank you and good night. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Golf in the Commonwealth and big thanks to everyone who attended the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremony and to our sponsors, Horgan Construction, Lansing Building Products, Markel, Marsh McLennan Agency, TSW, and Virginia Green. The 2021 season is coming to an end, so be on the lookout for ways to renew your VSGA membership in 2022 or visit your VSGA member club and make sure they renew you in the new year. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the fairway soon.